Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. My name is Elizabeth Woodson, and I am here with my friends Adam, Chelsea, and Tamarcus. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing well, yeah. Yeah, yeah same thing. Okay. Got a hair in my mouth. You know when that happens? And you feel like... <laughs> No, I don't, know, I don't know when that happens. Oh. Use water? <laughs> I'm losing my hair, so it somehow it ends up in my mouth a lot. So Remember when we used <laughs> to take cold opens? <laughs> <laughs> that should be a cold open. Oh, God. As you can see, we are having fun <laughs> together. Uh, we are here for another cultural roundup. So if this is your first cultural roundup with us, we talk about things that are happening in our world and how we can think about them through a biblical worldview. So the first thing on our list, you probably have heard about it, hopefully you've heard about it, is the Queen of England has died. Mm. R.I.P. Mm. I think, um, Tamarcus, you had like a really good observation around this as we were talking and preparing for the show. And so maybe unpacking that, just the idea of, um, you know, uh, a stand-up leader in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember like it had, I didn't actually see like the news report when it first happened, but like, I think in the same day, there was like three people walked up to me and was like, Hey, like, how are you doing? Like, what's your thoughts on like the queen? Um, and initially, like, I didn't really know what to think. And as I started processing, it was like... I think part of what seems to be like so sad about it is regardless of how you feel about monarchs or England, or even if you, you know, followed her closely, it was like there seemed to be this like general respect for just her as a person and as a leader and the way she carried herself as a leader. Um, you know, and I think when we look around and we try to see like there was there was a point in which like when we thought about leadership. Maybe we, you know, you disagree with policy and the way things are going, or even the form, but it was like the person had a kind of respect and honor about him. Um, and she, it seems like that kind of like old guard of leadership is also passing with her. And it's mm. like when you look at um, leaders of nations around now, it feels like for the most part, at least the ones we're aware of, there's a, there's a divorcing of that, right? It's not mm. a, we don't see that um, regalness um, in the individual. And I think that too is like sad and like worth mourning. Hmm. Yeah. I love that thought. Um, it's not what I've heard before and, but I think it's really poignant and just the idea even today that what we want in our political leaders is almost a bit of childishness, you know? Um, here's what I mean by that. Just the, just really easily, aggravated and inflamed with impassionate with impassioned and hyperbolic speech and if you think about the queen it's like and l looking back it was like she was to your point a picture of uh strength calm presence whatever those things are you know mm -hmm. regal regalness to your point um and we just don't see that we just yeah. don't see that in a lot of leaders it seems to be a value that people don't even necessarily want and yet i wonder if uh, it's something we need. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I genuinely don't know this. Was the queen, like, on Twitter? Was she tweeting? Mm -mm. I don't think no. so. You know, like... She was too restrained for Think Twitter, about that. You know? Like, you know, like, I didn't... You don't... She didn't need a, like, immediate outlet about what's... It's like a... It's just something, like, calculated and steady... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Above that kind of... Where we just... I don't know. Yeah, there's not a lot more of that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of this measure of strategy on one end, but also care for the role and care for how her actions would affect her, those she served and led. Um, and so, you know, I think that's what we don't see is people are very reactive, uh, making comments or showing up in such a way that is really detrimental to the communities that they serve. Mm. And that just wasn't, again, there's a lot of complexity with the monarchy and colonialism, but just who she was as a leader in stark contrast to what is more popular in leadership. And really, she was a servant of the people mm. and in a way that is unique um, mm. and sadly shouldn't be unique. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also, strangely enough, the head of the Church of England. So <laughs> That too. <laughs> yeah. That too. And now that's Charles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of interesting complexities to the mm-hmm. queen, but I, to, to y'all's point, I think it's something to look at and actually to mourn the loss of. So, yeah. Mm. Well, that brings us to our next topic, guys, which is Iran uh, and some of the... Um, well, just the upheaval happening there now. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks ago, the moral police of the country, which that's a thing there, um, arrested a woman for not wearing her head covering. While in police custody, she died. And there is a certain segment of the country in Iran that are outraged. And so there have been uh, lots of protests going on. Um And those protests have intensified and grown to the point where this week, um, you know, now the leaders of the protest are sort of calling on countries around the world to sort of do sanctions or something, somehow get involved in this protest. Um, And so it's one of those moments. It's another one of those moments, a catalyst almost like and it, it, it most likely won't end up this way, but like Arab Spring was where some of these protests started out of something and they're sort of growing. Um, And I think it's just an interesting point. There's a lot there, whether it be moral police that idea, the idea of religious freedom, the complexity of competing conceptions of the good. And um, I think as Christians, what we have to look at and say, any time a regime is oppressive and any time a regime, regardless of which nation it, you know, uh, well, supposedly serves, but any time they somebody innocently dies in their custody, that is a moral failure that's worthy of outrage and mm-hmm. wrong. Um and so, uh, yeah, yeah. Any thoughts, guys? Yeah, I think um, to to your point, I think there it's easy to come in question of like, well, how much of this should concern me? And we can, you know, we could immediately start going to like all of the ways that we differ that would lead us to um, not be concerned. Um, and I and I know it's not a one to one because we're talking about. Um, a nation as opposed to a one-to-one encounter. But I think there's like a thread of processes that apply in like um, Jesus's parable of the, the Good Samaritan of like, there mm. was a, there was an essence in a story where um, it didn't matter, you know, what was this a, was this person a, a was it a Jew mm. or was it a, were they Gentile? Were they, uh, is this unclean? Like, mm. is it, are they, is this person worthy of me entering in? And like the point of the parable was like, it's a person created in the image of God. Right. And the right thing to do is to love love neighbor. And I think sometimes situations like this 
can can put us in those points and it's like it's important to realize that we don't we don't have to agree on all things to be able to agree uh that human life is important and dignified um and whatever that looks like um it's it's right to 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 care um and to protect um human dignity um wherever we we can and and see it being threatened I think there's a lesson. I think that's really great. I also think there's a lesson being a part of a democracy and knowing that we're responsible as citizens of this nation to vote in certain ways, right? It doesn't look the exact same in Iran, obviously. Mm. Um, But anytime you have an oppressive regime, it's a powder keg waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. When you put your thumb on the people Mm -hmm. uh, and... um, they're under your thumb. They're going to want to get out from under it. And, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time. What does that mean for us? How does that mean for when we have competing conceptions of the good and what morality is? I think it just is some of the things we said before, which is recognizing that we're in a pluralistic society. Um, And what that means is the better way we've talked about this a lot, maybe rather than using the coercive power of the government um, to enforce you know, morality police type things is actually to convince people and show them mm. um, that our conception of the good is is the true and right one that leads to human flourishing. And quite often that doesn't come by using the coercive power of the government. Mm. Quite often that comes in different ways. So, yeah. It's also an interesting contrast because we just had Daniel Neri on who is Persian, became a Christian mm. and uh, whose family had to move from Iran. Yeah. And then... Uh, just some of the things that I don't know if you guys have read, but just in general, um, maybe the fastest growing church in the world right now is in Iran. We just don't know because it's all underground. So yeah. they've had explosive growth in Christianity. So I think we'll see more and more of these stories um, mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. All right. What is everybody reading? <laughs> Books for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible. Facts. In the Bible. You and I are actually, I'm almost done with it. It's been a long journey, but you mentioned a book you're reading, so. Dominion by Tom Holland. Yeah. Mm. Are you, is that the one you're almost done mm-hmm. with? It is, it is the history of the church uh, a little bit before the time of Christ West. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the impact that uh, basically Christianity, the crucifixion of Christ and and what the way of Jesus has on the known world. Mm. It is, first of all, Tom Holland is just a really great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 700 pages, so I want to be done um, in a while. <laughs> it's going to take me a while. Um, but I think to hear church history uh, in this narrative form, so he gives mm-hmm. color, and I think appropriately to some of the major figures that we've heard, uh, whether they are um, Gregory the Great, Innocent, you know, you have these these Catholic um Popes uh, or bishops, um, theologians, Augustine, um, you have martyrs, um, you have uh, people that we read about in our Bibles, but how much color it gives to Christianity. So the chapter I just got done reading is on the Crusades, and it's wild, like, because they were so zealous for the faith that they went on, I mean, in Christian Crusades, you can can look it up, um, but they went on basically these killing sprees of people that they thought might be heretics. And so you see this contrast of we we want to uphold the faith, but in doing so, we will kill other image bearers. 
even it's like even at a point of what they 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 were saying the right things during their inquisition the leaders might say well you don't even know that you don't believe so we're you know it'd rather for you to die than experience the hellfires of damnation mm. and you're just like the ends people will go to to defend or uphold the faith mm-hmm. and to me it just showed like one god's grace in preserving the faith through uh just a really dark period in church history but also how that's been repeated. Like it just is, you see this pattern in humanity um, of the depths we'll fall to and we'll co-sign Jesus on it. And it really shouldn't be that way. So that's probably not the highest, most joyful takeaway, uh, but it brings a lot of church history to me is super helpful for our faith because we have a better view of the present because we realize, oh, this has happened before in some way, and Jesus got Jesus has preserved his church. The end has not come. Um, the work still continues, but also how can I how can I not repeat the past? Because a lot of what we do, we're just repeating what's come before because mm-hmm. we don't know about mm-hmm. it. That's such a that's really great. Um, and one of the, the just to add a little bit mm-hmm. to that to the the book, his central argument is that you can't understand the history of the West without understanding Christianity. That mm-hmm. we are. All of us, whether you're atheist or not, secular, human, whatever it is, if you live in a Western country, you are the benefactors of Christianity and Christian thought. So the ideas of like, you would never have human rights, you would Mm. never have things like democracy, you'd never have these certain, or the way we see it today— he basically is marching through and showing how Christianity unfolds over time, and it is just— amazing and fascinating and that's i guess that would be the unique take on his yep. history yep so it's worth it it's worth the 700 it is. pages it yeah, is worth it and it's really bit. easy to read it's easy to read get yep. on audible yep um but it's to me so valuable mm-hmm. and accessible mm-hmm. and also just engaging because he's a great writer yep did you guys read secular creed yeah i feel like that's like a another in the same realm of thought that you were just saying adam she um rebecca mclaughlin <clears throat> she wrote about basically addressing the creed that you see people put the yard sign in their, mm-hmm. in their front mm-hmm. yard. And it's like, um, you know, all lives matter, black lives matter. Um, and blah, blah, blah. Science. And she just like goes through all of them. And basically it's the, the central idea is that Christianity makes all of that possible because Christianity ultimately gives dignity to the human. And mm. so, yeah, I think the, I think that's something our culture's lacking right now is that centralized belief in God that gives them the framework that actually helps people Mm -hmm. Um, and they're just trying and grasping in all kinds of ways to like do that secularly. Yeah. It's interesting. They want the kingdom without the king. That's what we say all the time, right? That's the cliche, but that's what you're describing. That's exactly right. That's a wonderful book too. Rebecca McLaughlin, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Next up, sports. Um, (laughs) And maybe not the the brighter side of sports, but some of the more difficult conversations. There's been a lot of controversy uh around sports lately um couple top of mind um just some problematic uh behavior just abusive Mm. behavior uh and particularly with the leadership in sports we see that in women's soccer uh we've seen that in uh the nfl that the ongoing thing going on with um coach snyder with the or the the owner of the washington commanders um Mm-hmm. And yeah, so just how do we how do we process that as viewers, uh, right? Most of us, you know, whatever the the sport of interest is, most of us have a a sport of some kind that we 
enjoy um, mm-hmm. as we see these these difficult situations arise? Like, how should that affect us in the way we respond and what we view? Like, do we have any kind of responsibility or in in how we engage with those conversations? What do you guys think? I think um, so. My I love soccer. Uh, if you know me, you don't. You know that um, football is life. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, so this will be released next. So last week, uh, a report came out, um, and as we're recording this podcast, like literally, new things are happening and new people are getting fired. But basically, um, you have a systemic problem in women's soccer um, of coaches, abusive coaches for different kinds of abuse. There's some are emotional, some are. Um, uh, verbal abusive and some there's even some sexual abusive stuff um, but basically people ignoring reports from players and all this kind of thing and so one of the interesting conversations that's happening is that a lot of people are saying well do we just let the league fold or do we just let the team like how do you how do you stop um, ownership being the problem well maybe you don't go to games but then the players get hurt by things like that mm-hmm. and so I think it is an interesting conversation to think how do I as a supporter um, enter into that conversation of, of what is not okay and okay and also support so many people in the organization that are not doing wrong or are trying to do a good job and and I mean sports is an entertainment it is like going to the movies and so I think where your money goes does matter and also where you're um, speaking into things matters um, so I yeah I would love to hear someone else's thoughts too about like how does entertainment consumption you know how does that like get affected by all this kind of stuff and I don't know what do you guys think I think one thing I would just say is I think there's two interesting observations for me and one is that what's you know as controversial as this is some of the people in women's soccer who were abusive were women themselves so there's been coaches who emotionally abusive verbally abusive and stuff and so I think one thing to realize is sin is in all of our hearts and there are factual things that are true about men and their abusive behavior towards women uh, and that it occurs more often with men, obviously, um, but it's not confined to that. And so uh, I think this is another picture of how power can be corrupting. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing we need to know about the Bible is not that I think what what can happen is you start to look and I see this in culture right now, which is that all authority is bad. Anybody who's in a high position, they got there from cheating or from being horrible or from whatever, cheating somebody else out of something. And that's simply not true. Um, it's factually untrue. It's just simply not true. The other thing is that what the Bible says about authority is that there's good and bad authority. Mm-hmm. And the question isn't all, is all authority bad? Mm-hmm. The question is when authority is bad, what are the effects? And we're yeah. seeing that like with women's soccer, but when authority is good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, flourishing takes place underneath. And so I think, um, Chelsea, that's a little bit different direction, but I, it's just an encouragement as you get fatigued by how many failures from authority figures there are, um, you know, uh, protect yourself from, or, um, you know, wanting to throw out all authority whatsoever, because that's not a big biblical position. And then the second thing is what you said, which is, you know, how how are we as consumers to engage with mm-hmm. with this with these problems? You mm-hmm. know, um, I think about Tamarcus. Tell us a little bit more about um, the commanders' uh, situation. Yeah, that was 
that was what I was going to bring up. So uh, Daniel Snyder, he's the owner of the Washington Commanders. You probably maybe better know them as the Washington Redskins, but they've since been forced to change the name because of the obvious um, insensitivity of it. Um, but there's been um, allegations and I think some like pretty credible evidence of just um, blatant mistreatment of cheerleaders and just other female employees on um, the, in the organization, um, both from him and just partners and stuff that have been affiliated with him. And so part of what they're trying to figure out is, um, one, what's the validity of all of those? And then in many, in, in many of the cases where they know it is, how do you hold him accountable? Because a lot of the mm -hmm. problems is, like you said, it's the way the NFL is structured is like there's not like someone owns the NFL mm -hmm. and then they kind of hold all of the people. It's like all of the owners somewhat just like co-opt and like, make all of the decisions and so there's a I think part of the difficulty is there's a there's a danger when there's a lack of proper accountability put in place that's yeah, good that's and the NFL was almost like it almost is designed to have that lack of accountability mm -hmm. um and and we're seeing the the issue there there's no person to point to to mm -hmm. um yeah to incentivize or to enforce them to um lead in a way that is 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 honorable and acceptable. I think th I think that's the biggest uh, issue that is arising out of it, um, because you get put in a situation where it's like, well, to call them to the carpet, you need all of the other owners to, you know, basically say like, yeah, we think he should be out, or you know, that's the only way you get in is if all of the owners are like, all right, yeah, we'll let you into our circle. Um, and so, I think trying to process like, how do we, um, how do how do we force accountability in a way that holds the ones um, who are causing the abuse mm -hmm. responsible while still allowing those who are just doing the honest work, you mm -hmm. know, beneath them to still be able to flourish. And it's, you know, particularly in that case, like I think it takes a lot more work um, mm -hmm. um, just because of the the lack of structure, structure there. But I do think, I mean, at the end of the day, fans – you know, hold the dollar. And mm. It's like mm -hmm. there is something um, that could be done. I think one of the first things we can do personally is the whole like, you know, you know, shut up and play mentality that we try mm -hmm. to put on players. Mm -hmm. I think maybe we should be more apt to listen and investigate and figure out like because they're seeing some of that stuff firsthand oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, maybe we ought to be more supportive and we mm -hmm. ought to give more like credit to these situations when people are like, no, like I'm not just going to be mistreated. Like I have dignity beyond what I can do in the sport um, and, and come alongside. So I don't know. I, I think it, I think we haven't asked those kinds of questions hmm. enough. And so now as an influx of information is coming out, we're yeah. being forced to uh, think about those on, on, on the fly. And so, it's good. I think one of the things you said, which I'm just thinking of not just in sports, but mm -hmm. anywhere there, where there's no measures or mechanisms mm -hmm. for accountability, yeah. um, you see problems, you know? And it's not, th that's not a very popular thing, but I even think of like the SBC and the things that happened there. There wasn't good accountability mm -hmm. measures in place. Like the argument was, well, we're congregationalists, so there's no levers to pull. Mm -hmm. We're decentralized, et cetera. So what happens when you don't have good mechanisms for accountability? 
Uh, I think one implication we could say by looking at all those spaces is to say that good authority, good power is self-reflective and provides mechanisms for accountability. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's a biblical view uh, of authority and power. So, yeah. Yep. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. On a brighter note with sports, mm. Serena oh, yeah. retired. I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's bright and dim. She's the goat, though. She's the goat. She really is. I mean, can we just talk about how how much of a run for money she gave in her last match? Yes. At 40 Did years old. Did everybody watch? I watched. Oh, absolutely. It was awesome. The entire thing. It was wonderful. Did you um, watch highlights at least? Oh, come on, Adam. <laughs> the other thing that I appreciated is even, even in losing, there was a... There was a there was a grace that she that she yes. lost with, and her opponent was mm-hmm. um, just the way she honored her. Yeah. She was great. Uh, well, that was, was her first win in a major tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I think am I wrong? I might want to Google that. Somebody Google that. Um, <laughs> but I think it was her first win, and uh, and so there was kind of this juxtaposition of like the old, you mm-hmm. know, and the new coming in, yeah. and she just she was like. So honored to be playing Serena. I mean, that's somebody she literally grew up watching Serena mm. play. Um, so that was just kind of cool to watch. Just like literally the next generation of uh, young tennis women like going in and doing well. I don't know. It was great. That's like the good side of sports. That's the part that's fun, you know, um, just those kind of stories that you can like relate to and stuff. Yeah. You see people like end their career well. Yeah. Like Serena has fought hard, played well for a long time. And against a lot of opposition, mm-hmm. and to see her be treated with honor, um, and to again end a long season well on a mm-hmm. high note, and just be released to just do some other really cool mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm excited to see what else she will have her hands in um, that might not be a tennis racket, but she'll still be doing stuff. Oh yeah, oh, I know sure. it's kind of maybe bringing it around full circle, and I know the circumstances are really different, but just as we were talking, and I was thinking about Serena, I was thinking about the Queen as well. Obviously, Serena's not dead. She's got a lot of life in front of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea of how she always carried herself and yeah. was a really great ambassador for the sport, mm-hmm. and um, there's a, she even when people tried to drag her into mm-hmm. controversies, yeah. she always really resisted it. I think people wanted her at yeah. times to speak in different ways and everything, but she was always... Um, wise reserved a powerful player Mm -hmm. and just uh universally respected you know uh and i think if you're you know looking at if you're thinking of what you want your heroes to be like she's a really good example Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah we remember her for virtues yeah uh, Mm -hmm. not for like creating mess um and that's Unfortunately, not always the case right. with folks. Yeah. Right. Especially in sports. Especially yeah. in sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a rare thing to be able to accomplish yeah. a career like that. Yeah. And should be celebrated, right? Yeah. I yeah. think so. Hey, y'all. I want to end us on a, on a fun note. And so we're going to do a little lightning round. Uh, and we're going to start with you, Chelsea. What is a album, musical album, or movie you've seen, listened to in the past few weeks or months that just brought you joy or was interesting? Um. Okay. Uh, I would say, because it's a recent movie, I, I just saw it last week, uh, Don't Worry Darling, which um, there's a lot of uh, social media buzz about, but none of that seems to be related to the actual movie, and I just kind of ignored all of it, so I can't even speak about that. <laughs> um, 
no, really, there was like controversies about behind the scenes filming stuff. And I don't even really know all the details. So I just went and saw the movie because the trailer looked interesting. And um, I would say it's like a, it's like a, the movie feels like a throwback. It feels like a, it has a very uh, distinct, like, style um the production and the costumes and the makeup and everything i thought they did a really good job just like creating this world um and it's it's an interesting um there's kind of a a sci-fi element um and i don't want to spoil it so i'm not going to go too far into that but um it just had a lot of commentary on like on life and family and um um kind of an idea there there was a big theme of like um how much do you give up to for your loved ones hopefully that doesn't give anything away i don't know hmm. um but i just really enjoyed it and i thought it was really it was really interesting um there's some content so take with that what you will but uh overall good movie okay. i liked it okay so. what do you got elizabeth oh I have a CC Winans uh, mm. new CD. Believe it. Mm. It's just really. First of all, CC Winans is an OG mm-hmm. in the gospel music game. <laughs> like if you don't know her, just listen to CC and BB Winans. Just Google and watch a video. Um, your your heart will be blessed. You're welcome. Uh, but she just released a new CD, and I think a CD that provides encouragement, pointing people to the Lord, and having hope and faith that God can stand in. Uh, the hard situations that God will sustain you. Um, and just just like King of Glory, the goodness of God, worthy, like worthy is the Lamb, I think is I'm not beginning those lyrics wrong, but it just is good mm. music that has given me soul encouragement I've needed in the past uh few weeks and months. So That's that great. would be my That's joy great. bringing music. I yep. love that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I went to the movies for the first time in, I don't know, probably a couple of years um, and got to see The Woman King, which also mm. has a ton of controversy around it. <laughs> which I sense a trend. I'll leave it to the controversials. Um, <laughs> I, what I enjoy, I'll, I'll give a, spe- a specific thing that struck me and I guess some of this kind of, I guess would go to the controversials um it's like there was a this the sentiment that it created around um developing just the culture and the beauty um of this particular people group um in west africa to there's there's a point in a movie i'm not giving away the story but there's just a point in a movie where you or kind of they shed some light on the reality of the transatlantic transatlantic slave trade but it's like they it wasn't overdone mm-hmm. it wasn't undersold what i thought was masterful about it though was the way you like get brought into the story it made you feel how um disrespectful degrading mm-hmm. um it didn't just feel like oh like they did this bad it was like you you did you like there was such beauty and um culture and depth and creativity and power and strength right like it in this in this people and then there was just like no regard and it like it made you it won you over with like that picture and then it just made it that much more like um like oh like I can't believe that happened 
Um, mm. I don't know. I, I remember watching that scene and just feeling like, um, yeah, it was it was it was just well done. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great movie. Viola Davis is fire. She could mm. play any role she at any time on mm-hmm. any day because yep. just gifted. <sighs> Thank you guys. I have a lot I need to see and listen to now. My um for an album, a new album came out called God Save the Animals by a guy named Alex G, which I've really enjoyed and it's brought me joy. Um and then this didn't bring me it did and didn't bring me joy. I'll okay. just talk about it for a second. We should have talked about it on the podcast because of how insane it is, but there is a Netflix documentary called Sins of Our Mother that mm. you can, it's three episodes so you can watch it real quick. It is so good. It is so well done and the story is horrible. Um but it is wonderful. It's basically about a kind of a charismatic Mormon lady who uh, mm. loses her mind. Um, and you just watch that unfold. But uh, yeah, a really well done. If you like true crime, which mm. I'm a big fan of true crime, okay. then you'll really enjoy it. So okay. it's great. It's a great documentary. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. Thanks for sharing, y'all. Thank like you. Lightning round. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's the end of another cultural roundup where we just take the things that are happening in our news, uh, popping up on our social media profiles, and how do we see them through a biblical worldview? And what we're seeing are just themes of power and authority and how people handle them well and how other people don't. Mm. Um, And so we love to talk about this stuff. We encourage you to think about the things that are popping up on your newsfeed in the same way, the biblical story that we all live in and how we can be God's people, live for human flourishing, and live in ways that glorify God, even in the ordinary moments. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This podcast is made possible because of a team of people behind the scenes. Chris Starrett, Chelsea Conway, and Mandy Page. We couldn't do it without them. If you're a follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social. You can also support us on our Patreon page. Check show notes for more information. See y'all next time.